You're listening to the Skin is In podcast, the podcast where we talk about beauty business, entrepreneurship, leadership, and basically how to live your best life. I'm your host, Natalie Warren. I'm an esthetician, spa owner, entrepreneur, and truth seeker. The goal of the Skin is In podcast is to help you succeed in business, build a brand, achieve your wildest dreams, and level up in every area of your life. Because why survive when you can thrive? I'm back. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Natalie. I'm back with another episode of the Skin is In podcast. And first off, I wanted to say the reason why I've been gone is because I've actually been in the process of opening my first location. So if you guys don't know me, my name is Natalie Warren. I'm an esthetician and I started a six figure skincare company in just one year. Um, And in June of 2020, I actually opened up my very first storefront. It is on the main street in Campbellsville, Kentucky. So first off, if you live in Kentucky and you haven't had a Skinspiration facial yet, what are you doing? Come see us, come see me or Caitlin, who's our other esthetician. Um, We would love to see you guys. So that is why I've been pretty absent on the podcast. And I'll get into this a little bit more in detail in a second, but it is very difficult to be good at more than one thing. (laughs) Um, So sometimes whenever you're focusing on so many things and as like entrepreneurial people, we fall into this trap so easily. Like I literally come up with like five business ideas a day of things that I think would be great and would make me money and would be super fun to invest in. But the problem with that is it's really hard to divide your focus evenly on so many different things. And I kind of went into opening um, my spa with this idea of like, I'm going to go in, I'm going to crush it, I'm going to kill it, and I can just podcast my way all the way through it. That was not true at all. And so I'm so thankful for you guys for letting me take a little bit of a break from the podcast because obviously I don't want to put any content out there if it's not going to be amazing. Um, So I need to take a little bit of a break. And another reason why I need to take a break and I've been really open with um, like Kayla and our film guy, Austin, I was at a really dark point in my life right at the end of May, beginning of June of 2020, and quarantine in Kentucky was kind of ending. The salons and the spas were opening back up, and it was time to get started on my building and finally open up, and I don't know what it was, but this feeling of depression and guilt and all these, like, really overwhelming emotions just hit me like a truck full of bricks. Like, it it was just a lot, and It is one of those things, and like I said, this is kind of what this episode is about, but it's one of those things where it's really hard opening a business. It's really, really hard opening a business during COVID or post-COVID, and it is really, really, really hard opening a business post-COVID at my age, at 21, and a lot of you guys probably didn't know I was that young, but... I'm a baby and this is the first storefront, the first brick and mortar business that I've ever opened 
And I was just overwhelmed with all the things that went in that I had no idea about, that I wasn't expecting. And that's what this episode is about. I want to tell you guys the good, the bad, and the ugly. I have wrote down some tips and just my best advice and just like what this episode is called, the real tea on opening a med spa. So if you guys stay tuned, I'm going to give you guys my top tips. And on top of that, I collected some questions questions from you guys on my Instagram and I the last like 10 or 15 minutes of the episode I actually want to answer those questions because I think those questions are so valuable and they're honestly better than anything I'm going to be able to talk about so without further ado the real tea on opening a med spa and just to give you guys a little bit of background of me I have owned my business for two years now I started Skinspiration when I was still in um, aesthetic school Um, it was just a blog it was literally just a website I locked myself in my apartment and I created my website um, and I just started blogging and two years later it has grown into a skin an actual company Um, I have five employees you know I'm hoping to hire more in the next couple of months and not only is the business making six figures the business is thriving as far as what everything else that we're doing. Um, And I really wanted to talk about that as well, because I think sometimes we can get so wrapped up in the financial goals and you may be hitting your financial goals, but still failing at some of like your other goals and other areas. Like, yeah, we're making a lot of money, but is our customer service good? Or, you know, are our services up to par with what we're charging? There's so many different things that goes into it. So don't get sucked into the numbers game. Um, Even though numbers are super important in business, they're not everything. So that's something that I really wanted to touch on because I remember whenever I was first starting as an esthetician, I thought that making six figures was not attainable. Like I didn't think it was possible in our industry. I really thought it was just a sales pitch that people kind of used in order to sell their trainings or sell their online courses. I literally had a belief that it wasn't possible for estheticians to make that much. Um, So that's not true, it 100% is. And if it can happen for me, it can happen for you. And that's the whole point of this podcast, if you're new here, is just me trying to kind of share what I've learned in order to help you boss up. So one of the things that I wanted to get um, into is as far as opening a, a med spa is the reality and the risk. So whenever you own a business, you are taking a lot of risk, especially right now in you know this time we're living in, in our economy, things are uncertain. Um, people have lost their jobs. Companies that have been around for years, decades are closing. And for us little new businesses, that's really scary because it's like, okay, well, if this you know major corporation is closing, how am I gonna be able to start a successful business? And the first thing I want all of you guys listening to this, if you are an esthetician, if you are a nurse practitioner who's wanting to open a med spa, or if you're not really in the aesthetics industry in general and you're listening to um, this episode, I really want you to realize that it is possible for you. Your dream business can happen. Your dream life can happen. Um, COVID is not going to completely change everything about our lives. It's going to change a lot. It already has. It's changed a lot about our society, about our culture, about our life. 
But I refuse to believe that this is fully the new normal. I think eventually things will calm down. Things will go back to normal. And something especially that's important to understand about the United States economy is we've had recessions and depressions before and people have lived through them. My grandparents have lived through like three different recessions. And it's one of those things where, you know, the economy goes down, but it always comes back up. And I think that's something that you have to believe in. And you can't use the excuse of, oh, I was going to start this business, but I'm not because COVID hit and it's just a horrible time to start a business. I opened my first storefront in the middle of a global pandemic. And as hard as it has been and as difficult as, as it has been, I wouldn't take any of that back. I wouldn't take the timing back because I always tell myself, this is kind of what I've been clinging to. And I really hope you guys listening to this cling to this as well. If we can survive 2020, if we can make it through this crazy year where like everything is turned upside down, just imagine what you can do when everything goes back to normal. Like that perseverance, that resilience that you have as an entrepreneur or as an esthetician or just as a business owner, just imagine what you can do when everything goes back, when everything does go back to normal and the people you'll be able to help and just how strong your business is going to be because you have set the foundation in a time that it, nobody knew how to make it through this. Literally, like think about the, the top entrepreneurs, Tony Robbins, like think about whoever, like, fill in the blank. They don't know what to do right now. So you trying to open your little skincare business and thinking, oh, this is never going to work because ABC, don't allow that limiting belief to stop you. But with all of that being said, I am not going to lie. There is a ton of risk that goes into opening a business. And especially as the owner, you are taking all of that risk. And if you go forth and hire employees, you are taking on their career, like someone else's livelihood, someone else's life is now in your hands. Um, and that can be really scary. And that can be really stressful. And that is why you have resources like the Skin Is In podcast to help you through the issues that nobody really talks about. So that's the first thing I wanted to say. I want you guys to understand that, yes, there's a ton of risk that goes in, but don't allow the fear to hold you back on pursuing your dreams and opening your business and just pursuing your dream life. So that's the first thing I wanted to say. Um, so along with that, you need to have a plan. You need to have a six-month, a one-year, and a five-year plan written down. This is something that whenever I hire a new employee or just whenever I do employee evals on my team, I always ask them, where do you want to be in six months? Where do you want to be in a year? Where do you want to be in five years? And especially if you're opening a new business, you need to have a 10-year plan. Um, but it doesn't have to be written down and set in stone. You just need to have an idea of where you want your life to be in the next little bit. And I'm saying your life, not just your business, because when you open a business, girlfriend, it is your life. Like it balance is not something that I would use to describe your first year of opening a business. You're going to feel like you have no balance. So if you're at a point in your life where you really don't feel like you're able to give it your all, it just may not be the best time for you. And that's okay. It's not saying that you can't do it later on when things calm down, but if you've got other things going on in your life, maybe it's just not the best time for you. And I'm not telling you to not pursue your dream or to not do it, but it just may not be the next time, the best time. So make sure that you have an idea of the trajectory of where you want your business to go. In 10 years, you know, where do you want your business to be? 
do you want to eventually sell out and make it like a franchise and retire really young or do you want it to be something that you always are working at and operating and you want your kids to take it over um don't just start a business with oh you know i see a lot of girls on instagram who are estheticians and they've opened up their own business and it kind of seems like the thing to do right now and i want to personally feel successful so i'm just going to follow like in their footsteps and do that that's one of the most, just one of the biggest mistakes you can make as a person. Don't let someone else's story be your formula. Um, their story should inspire you to create your own story and to find your own journey in this industry. It should never be like, oh, you know, Natalie came out of esthetician school and started a business and it worked for her. So that's what I'm going to go ahead and do. You can 100% do it. I want to help you do it. But just don't take that and run with it. Understand that everybody's journey in this industry is going to look completely different. Um, so that's something that I really wanted to press with you guys. Create a six-month plan. Create a one-year plan. Create a five-year plan. And this plan should include how much money you're willing to invest and how much money you ultimately want to make. Because money's the motive. You know, obviously, like, we're doing this because we're passionate. But we're doing this also because we have bills and we like shopping at Saks and we like going on vacation and we like living a luxurious life and there are going to be times where your business is not making a lot of money usually whenever you start up a business money is the last thing that you're making um but it doesn't have to be that way so that is something that i really really want to harp on is just make sure you have a plan and don't get involved in something and invest so much time and money if you know in 20 years you don't want to be doing it um, so that's super important have a plan write it down um, and don't skip don't skip that that because that's so so important so the next thing I wanted to talk about with opening a med spa or a spa in general is promoting yourself. Um, I see sometimes, I've seen this happen a couple times where businesses will literally post like two weeks before they get into a new space. We are opening up our own location. We are opening up a new Medi Spa. We are doing this. Come see us at, you know, 1100 uh, Cliffwood Avenue or whatever, you know, opening June 1st. Okay, here's the thing. If you do that, be prepared to have empty books for the first couple of months that you're open. I don't know where I heard this because if you guys don't know, I'm a nerd. I'm constantly listening to like podcasts and YouTube videos that kind of pertain to business and pertain to my industry. And one of, I forget where I heard this. I think it was American Med Spa. I think it was the American Med Spa Association. Somebody said this. If you are going to open a med spa, you need to have a minimum, a minimum of four months to promote that new location. And some of you guys are going to be like, oh my gosh, four months, like that's, that's a long time. Like, what am I going to, what am I going to spend four months talking about? It's not saying that you're going to come out of the gate and okay, we're opening on this day and we're going to spend the next four months just talking about our new location. You have to set the framework in order when that new location opens so you will be booked if that makes sense so basically for me i announced me opening my first storefront i think in september of 2019 and we didn't open until june and looking back on it i would not have wanted to announce it that soon but i still truly believe in the four month rule you need four months to promote your new location the services that you're going to be offering you know are you going to bring new people on are you changing the name you know do you have a fresh website um do you have that business plan that we were just talking about that is going to be so so important and so crucial in the success of your med spa or your spa 
spa or your medical aesthetics practice, you know, whatever you want to call it, make sure that you are promoting yourself. So if you don't know about Facebook ads, if you don't know about Google ads, if you don't know about the importance of social media, you either need to one, hire someone who is a specialist in this or talk to me because I want to help you. So I would love to be a resource for um, some of you guys who are listening to this. If you were like, oh my God, I know nothing about social media. I know nothing about um, ads. Talk to me. I want to help you. I know a lot about it and I have built my business off of social media and off of doing those ads. So talk to your girl. Um, but not only is it important to promote yourself and promote your business, but who are you promoting your business to? So this is where we all come back to knowing your audience. Oh, this is such an important tip I have for you guys. Know your audience. If you're a medical spa who specializes in like injectables, like most of what you do is injectables, you really don't do a ton of like skincare services and like relaxation stuff. You want to focus more on uh, medical grade skincare and like maybe high level peels or lasers, or like I said, Botox filler, um, more of the injectable route you may have more success marketing to more of an older clientele, you know, late 30s, early 40s, 50s, 60s, people who, one, maybe will have more money to invest in stuff like that, and two, people who are going to find more value in those services. And, you know, it's 2020, and obviously a ton of 20, you know, 22, 25-year-olds are getting Botox and filler. Everybody kind of gets Botox and filler, and you have Kylie Jenner to thank for that. Um, but you may have more success marketing your business to an older clientele who's more familiar with injectables and maybe who's had injectables before and understand like the value in it and the value of picking a really good doctor or picking a really good injector um, because they've had that before. And you may just have a lot more success marketing to an older clientele. Let's say that you are a newer esthetician, you don't do injectables, you don't really have a medical aesthetics background and you're fresh out of esthetician school, girlfriend, you're probably going to have a lot more luck marketing to these 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds who maybe don't have the money to invest in Botox, but they still want to take care of their skin and they want to support the new, like, fresh girl on the block who has, like, a neon sign in her treatment room and you know, is just going to help them with their skincare routine and just help them relax. So know your audience, know who you really want to focus and hone in on, and you're going to be a lot more successful. And it's it all comes back to kind of having an ideal client. So an ideal client is the person who ultimately represents your business and who's going to be a brand loyalist for you. And sometimes people struggle with forming an ideal client because we want to sell to everybody, even me. I'm so guilty. Of, of course, we want to sell to any to everybody. I want anybody who comes into Skinspiration, no matter what age, gender, where you come from in the country, whoever you are. I want to serve you, and I want to help your skin be amazing but we absolutely have an ideal client we have that one specific girl who we are marketing towards and in the normal business world like outside of like the spa aesthetics industry we call this an avatar um or there's another word for it that I can't think of, but there's a certain word to kind of describe what we're doing. Nike has one, Adidas has one. Every major company literally has an entire marketing department focused on their avatar or their ideal client. So hone into who this person is and sell to them. And everybody else will kind of just follow, but you want to establish brand loyalists. You want to have those people who are going to buy the skincare you recommend, are going to rebook, are going to come consistently, who aren't going to reschedule, you 
know, out of nowhere and who aren't going to respect your cancellation policy. Um, so just make sure you know your audience and that you are promoting towards them and know your area as well. And that all kind of ties back into making sure you get your services right. Um, and that your services aren't like crazy expensive for your area or crazy cheap for your area. And people are going to be like, why is this person a lot more, you know, affordable than the other person? So just make sure that you're analyzing your area and that you are promoting your business. Um, you know, get used to public speaking, network, like go to events, like join a country club, join, you know, a, a yoga studio. You never know where you're going to meet clients. Um, be an active member of your community. Now that you are a business owner, you officially are a public figure, whether you like it or not. Um, so that's going to be a huge tip I have. Promote yourself, but promote yourself to the audience that you ultimately want to serve. So that's super important. So those are some of my biggest tips. I wanted to spend the last little part of this episode answering the questions that I got from you guys um, because I feel like so these just the questions you guys asked were literally questions that I was asking people um, whenever I saw them opening locations. So I wanted to spend the last little bit talking about some of these questions. So Browse by Taylor on Instagram asked, how much money should I have in the bank to take the jump and do it to open my spa? Okay, so great question. It 100% depends on where you live, on what area you live in in the country, um, and how basically how big you want your business to be. So if you are somebody who's owned businesses before and you're really confident that you have a good understanding of the aesthetics industry and how it works and, you know, you want to invest in like a beautiful like white marble med spa um, and invest a lot of money into a storefront and you just want to go for it, <sighs> depending on where you live. I think any business needs a startup fund of a minimum of $20,000. And some of you guys are going to be like, oh my God, that's more money than I even know what to do with. And some of you guys are going to be like, girl, that's like nothing. Like that won't cover anything. And if you've opened a spa before, you know that really doesn't cover a lot. Um, whenever I started as a solo esthetician, which is a little bit different. A solo esthetician is someone, I didn't have employees. Um, I just, I rented a room. I went in, I did my own scheduling. I bought my own products and I charged, you know, um, my price. I still had my website. I was still an official business, but I was just a solo esthetician, something that is super normal. Um, whenever I started my business, guys, I literally didn't even have $5,000. I had to go get a loan for $5,000 from the bank to go out and buy a treatment table and go buy product and, you know, buy all the little things that go in that you don't even know. Um, as far as like setting up square, getting a point of sale system, you know, do you have, um, like an iPad to check people out on? Do you have, um, you know, little disposable things? Like there's so much that goes into, um, opening, and there's so many capital expenses. That's something else when, in business that I've talked about on my podcast before. There's a difference between capital expenses and operating expenses. Operating expenses are going to be things that are constantly coming out of the business account every single month. Capital expenses are things that you're really only going to have to purchase one time. Um, so if you're listening to this and you are a plastic surgeon and you've been a plastic surgeon for many years and you're wanting to open up your own um, medical spa, your journey is obviously going to look a little bit different than the 19-year-old esthetician who's listening to this who just got out of school um, and your budget's going to look a little bit different so it kind of has to depend on what you want and 
you honestly just have to run the numbers. I think a minimum of ten or twenty thousand you need to have in a bank account before you ever even start about start thinking of a business. Um, and like I said, it's just going to depend on how how many services you want to offer, what services you want to offer, and um, yeah. But I think that's going to be a really good amount. Um, and it may be even less. Like I said, I started my business with five thousand. I didn't. Ha I didn't even have it. I had to go get a loan for it. And obviously, that was the best thing I ever did because I've paid that off many times over. Um, but but yeah. So I would say a minimum of ten, twenty thousand having a bank account. If you have a little bit less, it's totally fine. It doesn't mean that you can't start. Um, that's just what I would recommend, depending on where you live. It's going to be a little bit more or a little bit less. So. So Amanda Buchanan asked on Instagram, what are your best tips for hiring a medical director? Okay, so with the word medical spa, there is immediately something that comes along and that is a medical director. So if you are a medical entity, if you have a medical license, if you're an MD, a plastic surgeon, um, a nurse practitioner, it's going to look a little bit different for you as opposed to um, my estheticians or my business people who are watching this. And the one thing I want to say to you guys about hiring a medical director, and I want you guys to really listen to this, seek legal counsel. Do not try to do that on your own. Um, every single state in the U.S. has different laws surrounding who can own a medical spa and what services you can offer at medical spas and who can do certain treatments and who cannot do certain treatments and does the doctor have to be in the room does the doctor not have to be in the room it's such a great area any attorney literally you mention the word med spa a lot of them roll their eyes because there's a lot that goes into it so the best piece of advice i can give you is seek legal counsel either find a healthcare attorney so like specifically some an attorney who specializes in healthcare or find an attorney that you trust like i i've had the same attorney since i was like 19 and i came out of school um i have so much trust with her she handles you know basically all my contracts any type of legal issues she's amazing there's so much trust there um and she was the one who guided me through hiring a medical director it is not the situation of oh my girlfriend julie who's a nurse practitioner like she you know wants to start doing Botox and she's going to be my medical director or my boyfriend's in medical school and he is going to be my medical director for my new place it's not that simple um, it's different in every single state every single state has different laws and it is a very serious thing it is a very serious agreement that you are entering into um, for me I'm in the process of hiring a new medical director right now and there's just so many things that goes into it but the main things and as I've said I am not an attorney I'm not um a specialist on this on this type of stuff that's why I always always seek legal counsel there has to be contracts and there has to be some type of flow of money between the person who owns the business and the medical entity um, in order for it to be basically legal and like I said every single state is going to be different um, also, the main thing that goes into hiring a medical director is making sure that the insurance will cover you and that will also cover them and it will cover anybody who's working at the facility. And that's honestly, that is like the nutshell version of it. There's so many more things that go in, that goes into it. There are certain states in the United States that you have to be an MD to own, you know, any type of medical facility at all. Um, and then there are other states where, you know, it, p business people, estheticians, you know, whatever the case may be, are allowed to own those facilities. It just, there has to be contracts in place. There has to, you have to just make sure that you're doing it right. Um, so wherever, whatever state you live in, whoever you are, um, 
seek legal counsel. Um, that is going to be my best piece of advice for you guys. So that's going to be the biggest thing. Just seek legal counsel when hiring a medical director. Do not try to do it yourself and do not just try to do it easily because it's not an easy process. Um, all right. So Skin by Annabelle on Instagram asked tips on how to gain a clientele. So I want to do a whole podcast episode on building a clientele, but the main thing is be yourself, know how to advertise, know what you're talking about, perfect your craft before you start building a clientele, because obviously if you're not good, nobody's going to come to you. Um, and once again, find out who you want to serve. Do you want to work with more college students? Do you want to, you know... Um, market towards a bit of an older crowd who do you want to serve and really really focus in on that one particular group not saying that you can't sell to everybody everybody's going to eventually come but if you focus on that that avatar that brand loyalist you're going to have so much more success i know an esthetician who on instagram literally specializes in um like, well, she doesn't specialize, but her ideal clientele is like female rappers. So like Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B, like all these like um, just female rappers, like that's who she wants to do facials on. And I'm so here for it. So, um, okay, so this is a really good question is Brow Affair on Instagram asks, what kind of financing do you recommend? Um, so it's different for everybody. You know, some people, they get really lucky and they can have people like in their life finance them. Um, if you do need to take a business loan out, um, I just kind of recommend if you're ever going to take loans out for a business or, you know, for a building or anything like that, just do the math. Just make sure that you're going to be able to make the payment on that loan. Um, you know, make sure that you're getting a good interest rate and just really look around for the best deal on um, the type of loan that you want to get. And it all just comes back to having a really strong business plan because you never want to take out all this money and then God forbid your business doesn't go that well and you're left with this insane amount of debt and this payment per month that you can't afford. Um, your business plan is just, it's going to be the glue of everything. It's literally the foundation for everything. And that's why it's just so, so important. So, um, if you have people in your life, you know, who are able to help you out, try it out. I wasn't that lucky. I've, you know, anytime I've borrowed money, it's always had to be the, through the bank. So, um, so yeah, I would just, you know, and whenever you do go to a bank, they're going to want your business plan. And this is another thing I've said before on the podcast, banks and usually business entities, any type of like loan situations, they don't care about your dream. They don't care about your dream. They care about the numbers. So you need to make sure that you are going in and you can tell them, okay, this is what I do. I'm an esthetician. This is how much a facial costs. This is how many facials I can expect to do per day. This is how long it's probably going to take me before I have the money to fully pay out this loan. Um, and as long as, you know, the numbers are there and, you know, you have the income for it, usually there's not that many hoops to jump through. Um, but anytime you take out any money, like I said, I am not a, I don't have an MBA, unfortunately. I don't have any degree for that matter um just make sure that you have a plan to pay it back and don't get in over your head that's the biggest thing so this is a really good question so babe.theory on instagram asked do you recommend an llc or a dba for a studio room so it kind of depends and for those of you guys who don't know what an llc and a dba are those it's it's basically like a um 
I'm not an accountant, but it's it's a tax situation. It's like what you are on your taxes. So I started Skinspiration. I was a DBA. So I was basically, what a DBA means is it's just doing business as. So I was Natalie Warren doing business as Skinspiration. I don't recommend DBAs unless you are literally just starting out. Um, an S-Corp or like an LLC is going to be a lot more beneficial for you in the long run for tax purposes if you want to have any type of employees on payroll or commission you have to be an llc um but that's another thing have a good accountant have an accountant that you trust because he or she is going to be able to tell you based off of your income and based off of your business style what um, you need to be kind of on your taxes um, but for me skinspiration we are an llc so that's what i am at the point that i'm at now um it's just one of those things where your accountant can obviously probably advise you better, but an LLC is, you're going to have to be incorporated at some point. So, so it may just be better to go ahead and become an LLC. It's just always not, it's kind of expensive starting out. That's the only thing, but every single business, if you're successful, you're going to become incorporated at one point, which is becoming an LLC and S corp or incorporated obviously um but once again kind of like how i said seeking you know legal counsel seek an accountant when it comes to your taxes when you own a business you can't do your own taxes anymore it just it doesn't work unless you really trust yourself but it, it just doesn't work that way so so that's a really really great question so another question that cassidy morgan with two n's on instagram asked is how to transition from working at a spa versus opening your own place slash salon suite so as i said before there's in the aesthetics industry there's many like different boxes you can kind of fill so i at one point was a solo esthetician being a solo esthetician is super lucrative you're able to make a lot of money you know the expenses are pretty low for the most mo most part if you really know your business um but there's very little room to grow as a solo esthetician and whenever you expand and hire a team like like for so long I thought I owned a business I when I was a solo esthetician I thought I owned a business and whenever you are a solo esty you do own your business to a certain extent but it's more like working for yourself Owning a business is having a team. It's having a company. It's having a system of technology and people that are working together. Like that's what a company is. And that is completely different from working just by yourself and being able to schedule your own hours and go on vacation whenever you want and all that stuff. Hiring a team is completely different. And even just going out on your own from working for somebody else. So Let's say that, you know, you've worked at a spa for a couple years and now you're thinking about going out on your own and becoming a solo SD. My biggest piece of advice would be once again, create a business plan, find a place that, you know, works for you that is going to be attainable. So it's like, you're literally not just working to pay your rent. That's a mistake that you never want to make. You want to make sure that you're actually profiting um, because a business that's not profiting is, is it even a business like no you're just slaving for yourself um so that is something that i think is going to be super important have that business plan don't i i honestly would recommend don't do something if you're not ready to so many people i feel like and i've said this before they see people on instagram like me who have you know opened up this business right out of school and once again they think that okay because she did it if I just do exactly what she did it's going to be the exact same thing for me and that's not true um, not saying that you can't do it it's just that it's really really hard so like my biggest piece of advice for new estheticians and people who are ultimately like wanting to start a business 
get experience, gain all the experience you want. You may be just as happy working for someone, working beneath someone who is that really strong business owner, who loves the business side of things. You may be just as happy working for them and doing the things that you actually love, which is skincare or which is injectables, instead of you trying to be somebody and be a business entity if you truly don't love business, if you love skincare. Um, that's something that I really, really want you guys to understand because they're two different things. Like I honestly, at the point in my journey, I'm getting to the point to where I don't really enjoy the skincare side of things as much as I enjoy the business side of things, because I truly feel like I'm a businesswoman, not just an esthetician. I obviously love skincare. I love helping people with their skincare concerns, but you kind of have to decide what you want. So make sure you have the clientele for it. Make sure you have the plan and just do it. That's also my biggest tip is you don't need permission from anybody. Just do it. Um, and it may be the best thing you've ever done. And if you fail, so what? Close. Just close. It's okay. You can start over. You can start again. And it doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't make you a bad esthetician. It doesn't make you a bad person. You try to follow your dreams and maybe it didn't work out, but nine times out of 10, it usually works out. So I think it will for you. And I want, I want to see you succeed. So, all right, guys. So that is all the time I have today. Um, if you enjoyed this episode of the skin is in podcast, leave a comment, share it on your Instagram story. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, like this video. Um, and another thing I wanted to tell you guys about, if you couldn't tell, I tried to kind of speed through this episode a little bit more because there is a little bit of rebranding going on with the podcast. I would really like to change the name and I also want to start doing shorter episodes. So if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Please message me on Instagram at Natalie Michelle Warren. And I want to hear your feedback. And if you would like me to do a part two to how to open a med spa, please message me. Um, because like I said, I tried to speed through this because I have a short attention span. I know you guys do too. Um, so I'm trying to do shorter episodes. So I love you guys so much. I really hope this gave you some good advice and just some tools that you can use as you embark on opening your own medical spa or your own aesthetics practice. And yeah, so this is all the time we have today. This is the Skin is In podcast and I am your host, Natalie Warren. And don't forget, why survive when you can thrive? <laughs>